Hello, friends, and welcome again to another episode of the Fightlet Podcast. I'm Jared Cornut, joined by my esteemed co-host, the red-bearded Reverend Matt Hensley, who hails from New Mexico, and Old Man Murray on the coast in North Carolina. Guys, it's been a it's been a week. How has your week been for you? Because my week's been awful. Well, I think we've had some shared experience minus the power outage. We we were also snowed in. We couldn't go anywhere. Uh, the roads were absolutely terrible. And even though they're salted, all that kind of stuff, to get down to the road is still difficult. So we're walking uh, up and down the hill, that kind of deal. Church obviously had to be canceled last week. And uh, it was it was not fun. But uh, we've had over about two feet of snow. And I think we got about six inches in about almost four years of being here. And I complained about it for four years. And so I'm not complaining about it whatsoever. We've had a blast building snowmen, all of that kind of stuff. So uh, we love it. Well, I am not snowed in, but it is miserably cold and rainy. I'm very thankful that it's not just a little bit colder or we would have ice, uh, but we're not that far from snow. And it's just been really wet all week. Um, But other than that, I'm doing well. It's been an incredibly busy week. I had my first board of directors meeting for the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. I was able to go up to Camp Caraway for that. For what's normally a two-day meeting, abridged into one, which was just amazing. That was my first time I've been to Caraway. Um, I can't speak for your state convention and the camps that you have, but North Carolina with Caraway, Truett, and Caswell, uh, we have got some prime property uh, that the Lord has blessed in many, many ways. And so I enjoyed that uh, tremendously. Yep. But doing well. How about... How about you guys uh, in Texas? I'm, I'm glad to see that you've got, got power again. Yeah, well, you know, we, we like to banter about uh, weather on here from time to time, but this is actually going to be kind of a weather-focused episode. So uh, if you've been living under a rock, Texas got uh, hammered with not only snow, uh, we had about 200 and I think 20 hours below freezing uh, consecutively here in uh, DFW area throughout Texas, which is very unusual. So uh the, the ground was right for what happened. And for, if you don't understand, Texas has its own power grid, which is separate from the rest of the country. And so it's, it's coal-based, it's nuclear-based. It, it, they use windmills for, I think, about 10%. Well, the, the windmills froze over. A couple of the coal plants uh, did not work, and a couple of the nuclear did not work. So what happened is the supply was greatly reduced, and because of the coal temperatures, the demand was going high. And in fact, Aircot, the, the company that oversees all this, said yesterday that if they had not made the decision to do these rolling blackouts, so some people would have power for like three hours and then they wouldn't have power for an hour uh, throughout the state. If they would not have done that, they said within seconds, the whole grid would have gone dark in Texas and it would have taken months yeah. to get power back up for the state. And so very hectic at my house uh, at 3 a.m., on Sunday, we lost power, and we were out power for about 52 consecutive hours. So it got down to 38 degrees in my house. Uh, we had about, I don't know, three, four inches of snow. It was just very, very cold. And so luckily, uh, my dad travels for work. He gets a lot of Hilton points, and he was able to get us a hotel. And we were able to get warm and very blessed that none of our pipes burst. Uh, across the street, my neighbor her pipes burst at her house, and she's going to be out of her house for a few weeks as they have to repair that. We had two pipes burst at our church, uh, one uh, which was an outside pipe, but it flooded a stairwell that poured into our basement. And then we had a pipe burst in the ceiling of our gym, 
which flooded a uh, Sunday school classroom. It flooded a closet, our concession stand, and it flooded the lobby of our gym. And so uh, that is going to be an insurance claim, uh, definitely. And uh, I guess we'll get some new carpet, which will be nice. Uh, so I had to deal with that today and a funeral today and, and some different things. And, of course, we're recording. So it's just been a hectic week up here. Now, Matt, you said you guys had to cancel church because of the snow. I know – I think your Corvette would be uh, halfway covered at, at two feet. Uh, when you say cancel church, did y'all cancel church completely or did y'all do an online bit? What did y'all do Sunday? Yeah, we, we went online and, uh, you know, for, for us, people could get there ultimately. Um, and, and ours, the big issue was how soon it arrived. Uh, we were expecting about six or so inches uh, or maybe a foot was what we were forecasted, but it was supposed to start around one or two in the afternoon. And so we really didn't have any plans in place or whatever for if we got it sooner or or anything like that. But I woke up at 2.30 and there was about six or seven inches on the ground. And I don't, ha- obviously nobody else is up at that point. Uh, thankfully it was a very powdery uh, snow, but knowing it's Sunday, knowing it's already 2.30, wondering how soon, you know, the people that would be running the plows would be coming through all of that. You know, we, we have all of that here. So it's different than in, in Texas, y'all have text dot that can go around fairly quickly. Uh, but here, you know, it's, they're ready for it because we get snow all the time or are supposed to get snow all the time. And we really have it. So I don't know how much that stuff's going to run on a Sunday. And so I, I kind of went ahead and made the, the call to cancel, though I didn't say anything at that point. I was going to wait until people got up. Uh, but yeah, I recorded my sermon online and I was going to do, you know, the video and all of that kind of stuff, but I couldn't get to the church uh, because of course my Corvette was out of commission, but my wife's uh, was, I mean, completely covered. And by that point, when it was time to do that by about a foot. And so we got a foot by the time we were making the call to shut things down. And so, yeah, people could have gotten there, uh, but it was just one of those where, you know, it, it, the best thing for us was just to shut her down and go online. And so I recorded a deal. Uh, I actually just used audio and found some videos on Pexels and uh, through through like snow video together and through the sermon under that or behind that in the background or whatever. And uh, and through the scripture verses on that. And I had fun doing that. And, and the church just thought I was a genius. And I was like, this was actually very easy and very fun. But it worked for us in, in a neat byproduct to it is how many of them were sharing it. Uh, we ended up getting about, I think it was 1,500 uh, views. And of course, that lower in terms of how many people watched all the way through that kind of deal. Uh, but 1,500 views, unique views uh, to the sermon. And so that was a neat byproduct to it. And giving was still okay. We obviously were completely online for that. Uh, but uh, But yeah. That was that was our call that we had to make. But you're in Texas dealing with what you you're sharing about the power. Our power didn't go off, uh, thankfully, because it wasn't really a wet snow here where we would risk all of the ice and stuff like that, where maybe they'll fall on the power lines. Uh, But my mom and sister are in the town right next to you. And both of them were dealing with the rolling deal. Uh, But my or her sister, uh, my aunt, uh, her power went out about like yours. I don't know if it ended up being 50 or 60 hours, but at the 30 hour mark, her house was in the thirties. My mom had called the police to see if they could bring her over to her house. 
and uh, they couldn't. I don't know why. I don't know what my mom asked or who she asked. I don't know if she just called 911. I don't know what she did. Uh, but I'm friends with a few police officers there from when I uh, was back in Grand Prairie. And so I reached out to them. They went up, picked her up. And, uh, and I told my mom, I said, you better have some hot chocolate waiting for them. And she said she would. And uh, so she got her sister there. And even though they didn't have power at the time, uh, her stove is gas. And so they were running that and uh, sitting in there reading and crocheting and just old wives uh, hangout session. And so but I was I was a hero. I, I secured my place in the will. There's nothing I can do now that will lose that. And so so I'm grateful. Uh, now, Jay Allen, uh, you haven't dealt with uh, snow or ice, thankfully. Uh, but in your neck of the woods, there was also some tornadoes, if I remember correctly. Yeah, had a, a really bad uh, storm system come in. I think we had thunder and lightning for three days in a row. Uh, and so, you know, you were talking about those old wives, although I'm not sure I would speak of my relatives in such a sense as you did, but, you know, you're safe and secure in the will and in the arms of Christ, so you can do that. But uh, we've had like three days of thunder and lightning in a row. It's been raining again today. And uh, so the old wives tale is you get snow within 10 days of thunder in the wintertime, which proved pretty true in Western North Carolina, but I'm not expecting snow here in the next 10 days in Eastern North Carolina. All that to say, uh, we've had some really nasty weather that came through on Monday night. Uh, there was a tornado that was, I'm not sure what it is on the scale, but they registered the winds at like 165 miles an hour. That went through for about 22 miles, one of the tornadoes. I believe there are a couple different ones down in uh, southeastern North Carolina and Brunswick County, which is where uh, my wife is from. Uh, and one of the storms actually came by really close to my brother-in-law's business down at Ocean Isle Beach. And I was at a pastor's lunch on Wednesday, and one of the pastors who was there lives down in that area and said that the tornado came by uh, and tore the back end off of his neighbor's house, which was three doors down. And he shared the story that I thought was kind of neat, said that the person living there is a believer, and she just felt impressed to go get her son and go get in the closet. Uh, the alerts weren't going out because everything happened so fast. Uh, it is nothing unusual to get woken up in the middle of the night around here with a tornado warning. Um, we've hunkered down in the church and in our hallway because of storms coming really close to us, but said that decided to do that. And next thing you know, the back end of the house had been ripped off and their dog was laying on the bed and their dog got sucked out. Um, and I guess spun around in the storm. And then I guess so many hours later, the dog shed back up. Uh, so if, if dogs could talk, that one would have some stories to tell. Um, but yeah, we, we've had some, some really nasty weather here. And to tie it into Southern Baptist life, uh, I've talked about disaster relief on here probably more than I should. But next morning, Tuesday morning, uh, I'm getting emails from my Baptist Association and uh, a good friend of mine who heads up disaster relief in our area. I got a couple of good friends that do that asking who wants to go cut trees. And so immediate response. And they had been asked uh, by the local government to do that. And so they've got such a reputation here locally that they know that those yellow hats, uh, Baptist on mission, Baptist men, whatever your state calls it, uh, are right there on the on the road to do it. So they've been working on that the past couple of days. And I got an email this morning letting me know they're going out again Monday morning to cut trees. And so uh, just quickly jumping in to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, today, they were distributing food uh, through one of the Baptist churches, Southern Baptist churches down there in Brunswick County uh, in Chalote, uh, where really close to where the tornado came through. Well, Chalote's uh, a large portion of the area that it came through. And so in, in my neck of the woods, 
uh, those yellow hats and yellow shirts are always quick boots on the ground, uh, sometimes even quicker than the government officials. And so that I'm, I'm blessed. I get to be a witness to those people um, being, you know, serving people's physical needs, but also being able to share the gospel with those people as well. And so God has a way of taking uh, terrible situations and using them for his glory and his good. Yeah, we've had um, a lot of opportunities, a little known fact for the uh, BGCT here in Texas, Plymouth Park Baptist Church, the church I've had the privilege of pastoring, started the Texas Chainsaw Baptist Ministry. Uh, we house a lot of their stuff at our church, and uh, Robert Clements, a guy in my church, actually started that ministry. Uh, and so we, we were doing a lot of that to help prepare all those guys. I think we're out working before the storms to work with power lines and try to make sure people didn't lose power. Of course, it wasn't their fault. We lost power. It was uh, the grid and not uh, ice falling on that. Um, but, you know, we're, churches, I think, are doing a lot or trying to do a lot. We were not a pre-approved uh, warming center for the city of Irving, but we're working to get certification for that. So next time this happens, our church can serve as a warming center. I know a lot of churches in the area were doing so. I actually saw Lake Point Church out in Rockwall, Texas. That's on the east side of Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, they are committing $200,000 to DFW residents to help with burst pipes. And so that's something we're going to look at at Plymouth Park. Uh, we can't commit that much money because we're not that large of a church as the Lake Point is. They're uh, 10, 11, 12,000 people. Uh, but we're going to uh, lease some people out in our community who know how to work and help with those who are maybe a little underinsured or uninsured. But we're also going to have a benevolence ministry uh, through our church to help. We get some money set aside that we're going to help people in our community and our neighborhood who've had some issues with those types of things uh, in our community. Uh, State Convention, I know, will be out doing some stuff. I, I don't haven't seen anything specifically, but I am encouraged how many churches open up their doors. Uh, we're having coffee and hot chocolate. Uh, some of them just open them up. In Irving, you got to be pre-approved to do that, and so we're working on getting that certification for us. Um, but at the same time, I've just been encouraged. You know, um, a lady in my church, she uh, said that her neighbors knocked on the door and they were without water, and she said, "Well, I've got water. You can have as much as you want." And so the dad came back over and filled up some buckets of water, and she said she woke up the next morning and the dad um, was shoveling her driveway and her porch and. Uh, she doesn't know if they can go to church or anything, so she's going to have an opportunity with them, invite them to church. And so there's a lot of gospel opportunities that come out of this. Uh, helping our neighbors is one thing, but now let's open our mouth and encourage them with the gospel of Jesus. Matt, what, a, what about you guys out there in New Mexico? Well, in the sense of needing to do any of that kind of stuff, we didn't really have to. We've got some folks that regularly cut wood, and so they're passing that kind of stuff out. And uh, for our response, if you will, was just more along the lines of reaching out to our members through our deacons to see if there was anybody that needed, you know, medicine picked up or something along those lines. But the, it wasn't catastrophic like you had in, in Texas. So a little bit of a different situation. But I was looking at uh, the Baptist Press uh, blog and I see where they've got an article written yesterday on power and water problems persisting. Uh, <clears throat> but each of the Texas conventions mobilizing. And uh, just a very quick glance at it. We can put this in the show note just to be excited because as, as Jay Allen was talking about, the, the first people on the scene are usually not Red Cross and some of the, the, these others. It's usually the SBC disaster relief uh, here and abroad. And uh, in Texas, you've got two conventions, the BGCT, or I think they like to be called the Texas Baptist, and then the SBTC. And uh, we see there that uh, the SBTC uh, relief director, Scotty Stice, 
said the SBTC quick response feeding unit activated on Wednesday at a city operated shelter at the Cross Point Church in McKinney, north of Dallas. And then uh, that was a BGCT con uh, congregation, uh, but that unit has been serving about 300 meals a day with a capacity of 750. And, uh, and so just reading through it, you just see how quick churches were just doing what they needed to, to do. And on, on Friday, Not Another Baptist podcast, we talked about being a resourceful generalist where there's certain hats that you have to put on. And so, uh, Jared, for you, that was just figuring it out. You know, we've got now pipes being burst, decisions have to be made. You've got to put on that hat, make the decision and roll with it. Uh, but at, at times like this, when people are out of power in a home that's 30 degrees or less, you have to make a decision pretty quick. I mean, people have died. Uh, we've seen the reports of, you know, people that have frozen to death in their home. Uh, you know, you've got people that are dealing with starving uh, needs or running out of water, all of that. And so being able to quickly respond, uh, that is really a matter of life or death. And the SBTC and the BGCT and others uh, have really acted quickly uh, because the government doesn't necessarily know what's happening on each and every street. But Plymouth Park, uh, at the very least, is going to know what's happening on the streets of their members uh, and then maybe a little beyond that. And so they can meet some of those needs right there as you were talking about those that are, you know, cleaning off the, the driveways or bringing over water, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so that was super encouraging to me. You know, we saw Bart Barber and their church opened up as a warming center for folks having coffee. I don't know why he served coffee because he hates coffee, but he had coffee, hot chocolate, all that kind of stuff and uh, warm meals. I saw another one. I don't know what church, uh, but some of the other members occasionally would bring by just boxes and boxes of pizza and stuff like that and, and making sure people that were there and warming up uh, were, were, were also able to be fed. And uh, so maybe Little Caesars isn't the best pizza in the world. I actually love Little Caesars. But at the same time, in a situation like that, being able, being able to pick up a couple of pepperoni pizzas, hot and fresh, hot and ready, whatever, uh, can help meet some needs. And so I was super encouraged by seeing how quickly people were, were responding to what, as you said, was just moments from being a catastrophic failure. Uh, it still was, but even more so. Uh, if uh, if things hadn't happened differently, just encouraging to see neighbors helping neighbors. Uh, we we got a same sex couple that lives down the road from us. They they know my pastor and uh, they they know beliefs and things like that. They're they're not foolish, and they they were without power. So hey, you guys need to shower. You can take a shower at our house. Can we go get you some lunch? And they're like, well, can we pay you for the lunch? No, we're just gonna go get it. That's that's what neighbors do for one another. That's what because Christ has been good to me. I, I'm gonna be good to you. And so hopefully. My prayer is a lot of good will come out of the bad, yeah. uh, but we'll see what happens. Now, Alan, I know you love snow. I know you don't get a lot of it where you live now. Where you used to live in Hendersonville. You used to get snow. And so I'm going to give you some ingredients, and you tell me what I'm talking about here to make this delicious treat. And all you really need is a little snow, a little sugar, a little milk, a little sea salt, and a little bit of vanilla extract, maybe some sprinkles. What delicious treat am I talking about? Snow cream. Uh, and don't put sprinkles on it. Uh, well, your small children may like that. Is that how you make your snow cream? Uh, is that pretty much the gist of it? Or do you do anything special for yours? I, I don't know that I've ever added salt. Um, it's, it's always been uh, milk, sugar, snow, and vanilla. Um, and, and pure vanilla extract. Don't, don't give me that imitation stuff. <laughs> 
always the always went for righteousness and purity, Alan is. Matt, you've got uh, four little girls at your house that you're raising. Uh, is snow cream always a must uh, when you guys get some snow? Since we've only really had one true snow since I've been here, um, I can say that we have done that 100% of the time. And uh, so the first couple of times, there really wasn't enough to really scoop it up and not get a whole lot of dirt and maybe deer uh, poop. And uh, and so this time we had plenty of snow to choose from and uh, we brought it all in and that's our same. I don't know if we put salt in it. I'll, I, I'd have to ask Rebecca, but whatever it was, it was delicious as I was eating. Uh, but I think we overdid it on the true uh, vanilla. It, it was actual vanilla, uh, but the aftertaste, oh my gosh, like I was, I was struggling with that aftertaste. I, I went after my snow cream and I got some cook, uh, cookie two-step, I believe from Bluebell is what's in our freezer right now. And so I got a little bowl of that too, to kind of wash down the, the snow cream. Like I said, it was delicious, but man, that aftertaste was, oh. It seems to be a habitual issue for you. You know, you get the white sauce, you put too much in. You get the vanilla extract, you put too much in. We need to work with you on ratios, proportions, uh, yeah. things like that. Apparently, that's outside your your scope of knowledge. Yeah, I didn't cook it. I didn't. Well, yeah, cook it. I didn't fix it. Uh, that was my wife, so I get to blame her. But the the white sauce was most certainly my fault. I, I threw way too much on it. Candace made some for our boys. First snow cream they've ever had. First snow they've ever seen. Andrew thought it was awesome. And, uh, of course, then he goes outside the next day and starts looking at the snow on the ground. He goes, well, this doesn't taste the same. Nobody. No, you gotta, we got to make this in the house. Well, uh, when it comes to ratios, it, it might have something to do with Matt's taste buds because he was just singing the praises of Little Caesar's Pizza as well. So you need to be careful there. But Matt did make a good culinary point. Uh, and that, that might be the only time I'll ever say that in my life. But he made the, the point that when you're making snow cream, you need to make sure that you've got a good, clean place to get snow uh, because you, you don't want dirt and grass and grime. And um, you mentioned deer poop or urine or anything like that. Uh, you know, don't don't go scraping the snow off the top of your trash can lid would be my recommendation. Find a, a good, clean surface where you can scoop your snow. Considering this came from the guy that put sour cream on his spaghetti or something, I don't know if I should take that as a compliment, but but we'll roll with it. Are y'all saying we shouldn't have the lemon snow? Yeah, lemon snow might be a no no. Okay, I just want, just want. You ever had a? You ever had the? Well, what's the place called? Um, out here in Texas, a shaved ice place. Can't think of the name of it. It's in my life. Tropical. Uh... No. No, no, this is going to bother me. It's, it's right over by my right over by my house, and we go there all the time. But uh, not Bucky's. Bucky's the gas station. Um, we have a place in North Carolina called Pelicans. Pelicans is great. Bahama Bucks. Yeah, and they have a they have a sign that says "Try our, Try Our Yellow Snow." It's delicious. Yeah, uh, but I digress. Well, guys, uh, fun episode. Anything else that you uh, want to bring up before we bring this into a close? Do not eat yellow snow. I think that's a great recommendation. Well, friends, thanks for coming again to the potluck. Uh, hope you've had your fill and had your full. Uh, you've heard a lot of great information about the uh, hard week that I've had and the uh, good work that Baptists are doing despite the weather. Uh, hopefully things are going to turn around. Uh, bring some snow cream to your next potluck if it's snowing and join us next time. Same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends. Mm-hmm.